this okay this video is nothing really i thought it might describe the the slurpee flavor it's just a it's just a doofy good a doofy good it's not a bird it's not a plane it's superhero slay it's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great like movies tv superheroes it's superhero slay Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're looking at TV show postponements. Postponements. Just a few weeks ago, it was the movie postponements, and now the pandemic has come for your TV shows. Exactly. What are we going to do, Mike? Rely on old content. That's <laughs> Look to the Tiger King, if we will. Oh, jeez. Uh, Star Wars Racer is coming to consoles. A light. Uh, in this yeah, I have a feeling you'll have a little bit more info for us, but I, I feel like I'm familiar with the game, but we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, the Eternals is still on track to release this winter. Well, that's good news. Something's got to be on track. I'm scrambling <laughs> to find things to put in here, Mike. You know how hard this is this week and more. Oh man, it's just uh, it's just uh, the uncertainty the uncertainty of being in the holding period. I mean, my wife and I have vacation plans this summer, like dead set in the middle of the summer. We're very concerned, not really sure what to do, whether we should try to cancel, start to try to recoup some of the losses. So, and with summer comes like movies. Uh, comes conventions and all we can do is just sit here and wait uh, just before we uh, we hit the record button I think the uh, the the federal mandate for the United States has been pushed to the end of April I think April 30th for kind of like shelter and shelter and in uh in uh in space so in space so we're hunkering down at least for another uh let me check my watch which is a, a weird place to check how many superhero slates we got going i would need like a calendar probably on like my four no my yeah we got well, maybe four more episodes i don't know hopefully all the shelter in placing is are really flattening the curve because i want to get back to my uh normal life yeah, well, I, I mean i i'm not noticing it too much i think my work day is going by longer uh, when I'm at home because I don't have anyone else to talk to. So I need to set some stuff <laughs> up, really talk to more people out loud because I just get in the zone. And the next thing I know, it's only been like, it feels like three hours. It's only been like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, I really should not complain. I, I feel very fortunate that yeah. I have the ability to work from home. I know a lot of people are getting really stressed because the end yeah. of the month is here and they got like rent and mortgage payments coming up at the top of the month. So I should be happy that still have a job and I'm able to work from home, but the, that the lines are bleeding between like where five o'clock ends and where like the evening starts. I kind of forget when the weekend is like yesterday, it was like nine o'clock at night on a Saturday night. And I almost like instinctually reached for my phone to check my work emails. Cause for some reason I thought I was like, still like, like quote unquote on the clock. So things are getting, things are getting strange, but, mm-hmm. um, but luckily we have a, a little game called call of duty Warzone yeah. that I picked up this week to, uh, vent some of the anxiety. So, Mike, we all so, Call of Duty Warzone is interesting because you can only have three people on a team playing this Call of Duty game, Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. So, I think we talked a little bit about it last week. 
Yeah, you, I said, you, I said you wouldn't yeah, like it. You, yeah, you informed me that uh, you were playing with all of our friends and I felt left out. So yep. I went on over the PlayStation and I downloaded it. And it was not as simple as I thought it was going to be, but I got there. Yeah, we all had fun. So what we ended up with a, with a problem here. Rather than just three people playing us early in the week, we had like 20 people wanting to play. So we were having to alternate teams and people and whoever. And I feel like I, I spent more time with your friends than you did playing this, <laughs> over this week. I'm really getting to well, know them. And, and well, they're out. not my friends anymore, Chris. They're our friends. Yeah. Call of Duty bonds us all digitally on different corners of the world. But uh, I'm still getting used to this whole battle royale uh, gaming kind of lifestyle. Like, uh, I know I kind of come off as a guy that don't doesn't play too many video games, at least within the time span we've been doing this podcast. But uh, make no, mis- no mistake, back in the day, I have played uh, my fair share of many sequels of Call of Duty, have been in and out of death matches for hours upon hours upon hours, dying, respawning, killing, you know, headshot, sniping, do whatever you can. So now I have to kind of take like the, all of that old kind of like learning to ride a bicycle kind mm-hmm. of muscle memory and adapt it to this a uh, little bit more strategic uh, style because it's like you land on this big old map and this is not news to anybody who's played anything like Fortnite or Apex Legends because I've barely even I've never played Apex I played like maybe two rounds of Fortnite so I get the gist of it um but it's like at the beginning, you got to land, you got to gather your resources. And then once the map starts closing in, you got to strategically start placing yourself. And then one thing that's kind of interesting, though, is you'll you'll come across to others on the map and you can actually make a judgment call of whether I want to engage this person or not. If you're just playing a normal like deathmatch uh, on a multiplayer online shooter with a normal kind of uh, stage, if you see a person, you kill them. You need that kill. You want that kill. You want that. Um, you want that. What's, what's you, it called when you get enough kills in a row and you get like a plane that comes oh, over? Oh, Killstreak, my friend. Yeah, you you want those kill streaks, but in this game, you're just kind of weighing a lot of your options. You're just like, well, if I wait a little bit longer, you know, some other people will die. It'll get down to maybe like the final twenty, and I can finally start making some moves. I got a lot of cash now, so I do appreciate all the extra layers of strategy for sure. But man, it, this game's hard, man. <laughs> it, it, it is it is a learning curve. I come from Fortnite. Um, you know, that's where all my friends play. So that's right. I went and um. You know, I, I got some wins on Fortnite yesterday with some people, and I was playing Call of Duty right before this with a friend of the show, Adam, uh, and we actually got a win. We were just a duo, two of us, in, in this game. We didn't even have a third person, and we ended up winning right before today. Nice. Our last game. So, uh, where uh, was the where was the final stand? What location on the map? Now that I'm somewhat familiar with the it. The prison, the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, Whoa, I don't think I've ever even seen that corner of the map, because you know, usually at the very beginning of the game, like the corner's don't offer too much uh, um, too much optimistic outlook since usually the map kind of centers towards yeah. at least the middle somewhere. Yeah, and it ended down there in the bottom corner, and I got 10 kills overall. Uh, we, we I think we both died at some point, maybe. No, no, only he died at one point. I, mean, I brought him, um, I was able to bring him back, and it was a it was a good match. I had a good time. What's, what's really cool about this game is, Mike, and, and you know, uh, you, you start and you scrounge, but if you get enough money on the ground, you can actually buy stuff that you need. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not kind of hopeless at the end of the game if you stayed to the outside of the ring and didn't really do anything. You can still find the money and actually have a chance, which has been interesting. And uh, I've had a good time playing with everybody. So if anyone's listening to this, you know, thanks for thanks for playing. And you know. I would I would I would love if they could do some sort of ability to add more people to the party because it seems like every time we're we're online, it's either two or more than three. It's like you can't really get the three. <laughs> So it's it's a little well, it's a little difficult. What I'm thinking is, Mike, they're going to take a page out of Fortnite's and have like a fifty v fifty across the map kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, where you know it's uh, because you can have twenty people in the party, 
which but you can only play if you re- remove everyone down to three, which makes no <laughs> sense. Um, so I think you know again it's a free game, it's beta. They're gonna come out with some changes later. But if you guys are playing, you know, feel free to add me. Um, my uh, on Xbox is Vault in V A L D A N like everything else. So I would I would like to uh, put in a request for any tech support out there. This is probably something that I could uh, Google, but maybe somebody has uh, some easier descriptions. Well, we tried to coordinate some party chat within Discord, which I know is a very popular app for gamers and chatting throughout games. Uh, it kind of removes the whole, um, it removes the burden of communication from the game service itself and just puts it on a different app. But we were getting a lot of feedback from people's TVs. So I don't know if there's like a setting that, or a lot of our specific microphones that people like to use, but like I was just hearing, I was just hearing people's like gunfire from their home TVs going into their headsets and it just, it, the, the, the chat Adding the audio chat feature in Discord was just not working out for us. Yeah, but, it, it but was the, really weird. <laughs> yeah, but it's working for coordinating the game, like, oh, who's signing on and stuff like that. It's kind of, it's nice. It's like having a really big uh, um, a really big group text, but you don't have to worry about, like, the green bubbles from, like, Android phones and everything. So uh, shout out to uh, Discord and let me know if anybody has any uh, fixes for that audio. Yeah, well, instead, you know, if you're working at home or, just wanting to hang out with friends. Uh, a, a big increase uh, for that has been Zoom this week. A lot of Zoom oh, meetings. All of the angel investors that have uh, that have money uh, and shares of Zoom meetings it, it must be very, very happy right now. Because I was under the impression when everyone started working from home, people would kind of tap, you know, maybe Google Hangouts or GoToMeeting, which are two video conferencing things that I've used. But apparently Zoom has been on the up and up and everybody's just gone ahead and gone straight to that service, which is nothing like fancy. It's literally just like putting a bunch of people and connecting all the webcams into a chat room. Uh, I've seen it, you know, like I said, in a GoToMeeting or in Google Hangouts. So I don't know exactly what makes this... uh, uh, above and beyond anything else, maybe it's just easier to well, kind of organize people. Well, they, they're very big for large corporations because you know the other Google Hangouts is fine, but you have to have a Google account, right? Um, my office uses only Office 365 accounts, and mm-hmm. we don't use Teams, so it was easier for my boss to just buy a big corporate account for Zoom mm-hmm. and add everybody to that, um, and everyone can have a video, and it's very smooth. No matter how many people you add. The video stuff is pretty smooth overall. Um, yeah, I have to say, like, usually the biggest problem I've had, like, in office environments with these video chatting softwares is just, like, the hiccups and the glitches and people not figuring out how to unmute themselves or mute themselves and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, if you're out there on Twitter and social media, like, Zoom has almost, like, become a meme now because everybody's using it. Mm-hmm. But, um I wanted to bring it up because we've kind of been loosely trying to coordinate like a, a Jackbox night, which if you're not familiar with the people out there, uh, Jackbox is a, is like a video game where you can all kind of use your phones to quote unquote like dial into the video game that somebody's running either on their computer or their PlayStation. So when the TV tells you like, oh, fill in this blank with a funny name, you open up your phone and you type it in. And when you hit submit, it goes to the server, bam, shows up on your video game console. So that all works works well and good when you're all in one living room, but we can't do that right now. So uh, we've been trying to coordinate a way to do this through other people's homes. So I've, I've heard some people say, all you have to do is one person needs to set up a Twitch stream, right? Uh, but the but. one thing that I, <laughs> but like there's a delay on almost, I mean, I'm not, I'm no Twitch pro, but every time 
I've gone to a Twitch channel and I've typed something into the chat, you know, luckily if somebody responds to it in time, whether it's a big audience or a small audience, there's at least a 15 second delay. And some of these things that you're doing in Jackbox have like 15 or 30 second timers. So I don't think that's going to work. So at least the one idea that I came up with is put like a Zoom meeting software on somebody's iPad and just point that iPad literally at their TV and then just use that in the Zoom meeting as your prompt and then everybody's on the same page well you can also screen share if you set one person up on their computer doing the screen share with zoom it'll work as a as a as a, i guess the host to make it the main one it work as yeah well. yeah i guess if you had like yeah there would be a um one step less if you had jackbox uh running on your pc so i think that could be an option but also low tech i mean the great thing about about Jackbox, it's very entry level. You know, you don't have to know how to use like two joysticks and like a first person view to like move a shooter or anything like that. It's just like a party game on a TV. So, you know, if you're not too tech savvy, like, well, it's pretty easy to point a phone literally at your TV and tell everybody like, oh, this is our virtual person in our Zoom meeting. So we're going to try that, try that out, see how it works. But um, yeah, what what I want to know what kind of digital things people have been using to connect during the during the pandemic. But also during that, we had, we had a Zoom meeting with, with our friends this week. Um, yeah, we had a little virtual happy hour. Virtual happy hour and turned into virtual two happy hours. Uh, and I made I made air fried chicken wings because <laughs> I'm off. I'm on an entirely different time zone than everybody else. Yeah, is doing Chris this. showing up late in the chat using his air fryer. Now the looming question: uh, Everybody during the chat watching Chris make his chicken wings. Uh, he kind of uh, you kind of wrapped up the whole meeting conference uh, once your wings were done, and you clocked those babies at over 200 degrees. And I wanted to know how they turned out. It seemed a little hot for chicken wings. They <laughs> were delicious. They were the inside was still juicy. I was going to take a photo, but my hands were covered in hot sauce. Mike, uh, you saw me sauce those wings up. That's a that's a that's a good excuse. I was I was going to say we were technically uh, talking in the kitchen with my wife, and I was like, well, you know, there are chicken wings. There's a lot of fat. There's a lot of skin on there. I think they could handle up to 200 degrees, but I'm not sure. You definitely don't want to take a chicken breast well, to 200 degrees, people. Well, if you do, well, the difference is the air fryer superheats the outside and the inside slowly cooks quicker so you're not heating everything to 200 very slowly like an oven so that's um, <laughs> chris what does this podcast <laughs> come to i love it i love talking about yeah. this stuff but i i think it's so funny that uh this is this is what all pandemic podcasts should be like yep. right now unless you're like a unless you're like a medical viral specialist a microbiologist with like a podcast like this is their time to shine they've had nothing but a wealth of content to talk about and we're here uh, just telling you how to uh, t- telling you how to hot air fry your chicken wings yeah. in your Zoom meeting. <laughs> exactly, uh, I, it was it had everyone's attention, Mike. It was like a little cooking show, and then everyone yeah. asked me, "How do you have so many iPhone holders around your house?" Because <laughs> yeah, just... you did. You were walking all over, just mounting that baby everywhere. So, um, my um doorknobs on my cabinet doors are wide enough to put a phone in, and they lean back. And oh, so I'm just perfect. popping them up on my cabinets <laughs> as I'm moving around, or sitting on my Alexa on my. My power outlet there. It was very fun to do so. Uh, I didn't realize everyone was watching me that closely, so next time I'll remember Well, that. you're basically set up and ready to go to make a little YouTube channel. you got tripod mounts all over. Yeah, exactly. Al Roker is filming his uh, Today Show stuff with two iPhones and an iPad Pro. 
So he's killing it with that stuff. Yeah, so. I've I've actually been pretty impressed with uh, some of the production value that uh, people have been able to pull off out there on YouTube. Um, you know, they just it it just goes to show you we're perfectly adapted and ready to go with consumer electronics the way they are. Like every like iPhone in existence for at least like the what the last maybe like ten years has been able to do high definition video. Like 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 you just did prop that thing up on a doorknob and you got a YouTube channel going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Throw a bone in there. You got a stew going, Mike. That's how that's how it works. No, um, you want to know where you shouldn't throw a bone, Chris? <laughs> I'm gonna guess to some tigers in a cage. <laughs> that's right. Because this uh, is the only thing keeping the world hold, held together right now. Is, is, is uh, have you had a, have you had a chance to watch it? I've watched the first episode. Um, All right. And because, obviously, we're talking about Tiger King on Netflix. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, if you have watched Tiger King, if you haven't watched Tiger King, you've probably seen it. Uh, this this thing is just uh, taken over the internet by storm. Yeah, this is actually an interesting opportunity. I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show within like the last couple of weeks, but Netflix added this new ability where it's kind of ranking all of its shows within its ecosystem. So I don't know I don't know exactly how to get to the top ten pages for each kind of category or overall. I'm sure it's within the app somewhere, but I don't usually poke around too much, but it will show you what shows are kind of trending and ranking within the uh, within their uh, platform by numbers. And Tiger King, for probably up now till when it was released, has been number one overall on Netflix. And I think that's saying something with how many like eyeballs that they have on that platform. So if you're not familiar and if you don't have Netflix, uh, Tiger King is about this crazy kind of self-proclaimed like gay redneck cowboy what is it joe exotic what is it is it utah no no he's in kansas kansas uh yeah wherever he was he's uh somewhere in the in the south and he's just got this tiger zoo and it, it just all unravels from there as you can imagine and yes you're thinking to yourself are tiger are tigers legal to have aren't those like Aren't those like endangered species? And it's like, yes, this is all true. So how does all this exist? And um, I don't think I've ever seen a documentary so well covered in footage. Like it helps that all of these people in the world that have tigers are like the biggest narcissists on the planet. And as long as they're not actively doing crimes at the moment, they want you to show up and they want their video taken. They'll let you hang around for five years and record them. It's just insane. Well, what's interesting about Joe Exotic is uh, not only did he he have this tiger zoo, uh, I guess full zoo in, in Kansas, is that he had his own TV channel. And because he had his own TV channel, he filmed everything every day Uh and when you film everything every day you get a bunch of behind the scenes footage that no one else would have yeah. by chance and he also had a contract I mean I don't want to go too far into it because there's a lot of stuff that unravels but there was a contract with a, a reality show that was in the works so there's footage from that too then the documentary was there too and then I think the the producer who was doing the reality show also he was filming himself so there was just like so many cameras on this guy and it's just it's so crazy that you couldn't make it up. If you made it up and you wrote it out as fiction, people would be like, this is going too far. No one's ever going to believe this. you got to tone it down. So uh, I think if, if you're watching it, you at least got to stick around. I, I mean, you will stick around no matter what. This just 
digs its claws into you. But um, Chris, you haven't been there yet. But episode three, episode three is when things like really take off and they add this whole new element into it. And you're just like, wow, I can't believe that these people uh, in this tiger world have so much drama swirling around them. But Mm. man, you got to check out Tiger King. It's a limited documentary series, seven episodes. Each episode kind of clocks roughly around an hour. Uh, you will you will lose an entire day to this show, but I would highly recommend it. Uh, I know some people are very uncomfortable with things like uh, animal abuse. Uh, uh, I don't know if this kind of documentary intentionally uh, kind of turns the camera away from it. I mean, you do see animals uncomfortable every once in a while, but it's nothing that's going to make you like uh, cringe or close your eyes. It's It does get sad every once in a while because we're kind of talking about Mm-hmm. Uh, a zoos made by a private individual, so some things get hairy every once in a while. But you're not going to see anything any the, too crazy crap. The the point of the show is not that uh, Joe Exotic abuses his animals; it's an entirely different thing uh, against people. Yeah. So um, that's where you don't have to like. They, I agree. Like, <laughs> like, it's not the point is Joe Exotic had a zoo and he was horrible to everybody and the animals. That's not the point of this at all. It's, yeah, it's this is. This is a documentary about uh, people and the animals just happen to be interwoven. But yeah, you you got to check. It's just it's insane. And also, you got to check it out soon because it's it's becoming such a huge uh, overarching uh, thing in pop culture that I'm afraid if people don't catch up soon, things might start to get spoiled for them. And uh, it's rel- it's relatively up to date. Like it spans a couple of years, but once you kind of get towards the the last few episodes, you're kind of butting up right into the year 2019. So there's not too much left out between um, when it just aired, I guess, last week and kind of the current day and time. So uh, yeah, go check out Tiger King. It is fascinating. If you need a reprieve of that, I don't think I have it in the notes here. Uh, but CBS All Access is giving one month free right now, and you can go catch out the entire season of Picard or any of the other. Yeah, Star Trek, you've uh, been you've season. been you've been into Picard. Are, are you are you digging it? Oh yeah, it's done. It's wrapped up. It's completely done this week. Uh, once once it went free, I had a really good time. Again, never stepped into Star Trek before the movies before this, but I mean, I had a good time. They explain everything. All the characters you, you need to know are there. And uh, I had a I had a good time overall, Mike. Um, well, that that could have been a, a large advantage for you because I do know from a few of the new the nerd corners that I follow on the internet, I know some really hardcore traditional Star Trek fans who liked you know the original series and the Next Generation. Some of them uh, they they kind of can't stand the show, but it's kind of it feels kind of like a Star Wars esque situation where you're a big fan, so you have to watch it no matter what. So I guess maybe if you're not too attached to the series uh it might it might help you out even more it feels like a modern start like i've seen some older episodes you know not watching but just because i know they were on tv um Mm -hmm. this doesn't this feels like modern tv and if a star trek was modern this is what it would be um Mm -hmm. there's no way to go back to the old campy star trek from the, the 90s like late 80s early 90s so um, I had a good time, so I'd recommend that if you get a chance. CBS All Access, one month free during, you know, this uh, tragic time. So, you know, check that out if you, if you got some time and nothing to do. Uh, but lastly, Mike, you've been, um, you drew some people on this Zoom call this weekend, this week, uh, which was really fun on those little, uh, little notepads, right? But you've been working with Adobe on some other stuff here? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to, uh, if anybody has one of those... Um, 
uh, one of those Adobe Creative Cloud subscriptions. You know, they have like the really low end one where basically all you get is Photoshop and it's like 15 bucks a month. Or you go up to the next and only level, which is like, I think like $40 a month. And it literally gives you all of the software that they have. So if you wanted to play around with any new software that you haven't used before, uh, download Adobe Animate formerly known as Adobe Flash, which I know might rub some people the wrong way since Flash has kind of died on the internet over the years, but they rebranded it, they retooled everything to Adobe Animate, and uh, back when I was in school, uh, in college, I took an early kind of Flash class, I think it was maybe around um, the Adobe like CS6 era, so it was still called Flash then, but uh, all I wanted to say was I gave it a download since I have the the access to it, and I was playing around with it, it was nice being able to jump back into like keyframe animation and tweening stuff so I'm working on a few things here I'm brushing back up on the basics uh, made my bouncing ball uh, because when you be- when you load up the software the first time it takes you through the tutorial of making a bouncing ball which was which is pretty fun I was like oh I remember doing this back at back in college and then I undug an old hard drive and I found all of my old projects from that class which was like over 12 years ago, so a really, really long time. But now since I finally had uh, Flash software on my computer, I was able to open all of these old FLA files. So I found my original bouncing ball one that was probably the first project that we did in the class, and I put it side by side with the one that I just made uh, when I downloaded Adobe Animate, and they're almost identical, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, that uh, my bouncing balls are very consistent over the years. I'm not saying they're good, I'm just saying they're consistent. But uh, if you head on over to my Twitter account at Mike Royer Design, I put up some some oldies but goodies from some final projects from that class, which are kind of cringy, but they're kind of funny. But uh, if you like if you like Dimitri Martin, I, I did something with one of his uh with one of his butter bits but uh it's cringy yeah, i'll I, agree yeah. I, I cringe for mike i was like oh man i don't want to go back and look at my old stuff it's it's fun though like it's it's nice to see how much you've grown uh but at the same time you know don't be too hard on yourself because uh you, you gotta start somewhere you gotta you gotta do something and you know mike mike took that chance he put himself out there and he's, he's you've come a long way mike well and also we uh I, we are around the age that when we were in college uh, i feel like a lot of instructors and professors couldn't really give us a straight answer between the 16 by 9 and the 4 by 3 aspect ratio i feel like my first few years of college everyone's just like yeah you got to do 4 by 3 and it's just like ah, are you sure this doesn't seem right when i upload this to youtube it doesn't really work and they're like what's youtube no one's using youtube and it's like we were right just before everyone's like no 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 4 by 3 aspect ratio is dead go to 16 by 9 what are you doing crazy exactly i mean i went to film school and we were shooting on dv tapes at the <laughs> advent of like dslrs so like uh-huh. you had to capture everything from tape to digital to edit it and guess what that camera was shooting four by three uh, you, you didn't have widescreen uh you didn't have a chance in hell for that so nope nope uh, nope understand that completely now we're doing it all on our phones in a heartbeat mike mm-hmm. um Speaking of heartbeats. Yeah, speaking of heartbeats. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I was going to say movies that feel like they were shot on a phone. Um, oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we had a chance to catch up on Bloodshot this week, which was released earlier this week on digital um, after meeting mm-hmm. theaters, like, what, two weeks before they all closed down? Yeah, it came It came out right the weekend when people were getting the kind of call to stay at home. Yep. Uh, so it, it, I think it was, like, number one for, like, a week there. Uh, against Onward, like when movies made the least amount of money ever. Yeah, I think it, I think it was number one at like maybe twelve million dollars. No, 10, it was is, like ten point three, barely made yeah, ten. 
which is in the environment of a pandemic, not necessarily the performance and the quality of the yeah. movie. But I have a feeling in a normal environment, it wouldn't have overperformed anyway, just because it's a relatively unknown character. Right, exactly. The only thing going for this movie is Vin Diesel, right? The only mm-hmm. like the only thing that was going to grab anyone from coming in to watch this, because I'm sure no one, maybe, okay, I take it back, maybe three people who listen to this podcast <laughs> have a comic from Valiant Comics, or B, know who Bloodshot is. Uh, and if not, this movie will explain it to you. Uh, so we both had a chance to watch it, and our goal, just to let everyone know, is to do a spoiler review, full full review, a full review episode later this week. Um, I Mike asked me to do it today, and I am, I am just not feeling it today, to be completely honest. <laughs> so the uh, the pandemic, uh, the anxiety strips us all in one way, and uh, no surprise if Bloodshot maybe is not up your alley today. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, um, you know. During a pandemic, we have been uh, working around our house here, uh, very, very much so, painting walls, rearranging rooms, trying to keep yourself sane. Uh, so, but anyway, we haven't talked about this movie yet. Uh, you finished, I believe, Friday night, correct, or Saturday? Yes, Saturday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was able to do the same. So, um, Mike, what do you think of Bloodshot? Uh, you know what? I gave this movie uh, a very hard time when it was announced and when we uh, when we saw the trailers. Uh, we no one was really too interested in it. The character didn't really grab us too much. I, I was very much ready to just never watch this movie and move on. But I'm actually surprised to say that this movie it whelmed me. It whelmed me. I would say it was slightly above average. Okay. And uh, I, I had a I had a decent time. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, uh, we we talked about the trailer when it first dropped. I would say the trailer kind of reveals a pretty pivotal twist in the film, and it seems like they wanted to do that in the marketing because they were desperate to get people to the theater to to see this character no one has seen before. So they just had to give it all away. And I was, I thought the twist might come a lot earlier in the movie since they showed it in the trailer so abruptly, but it really doesn't come until maybe about a third of the way through the film, maybe Maybe kind of close. Yeah. Maybe kind of close to halfway. So I kind of knew it was coming. So the, the first half of the film might seem very slow and extremely cheesy if you're not aware that a twist is coming, but kind of once it kicks in the gear, like almost I exactly in the middle of the movie, I started having a pretty good time. They bring in kind of a proto sidekick for the for the titular character of Bloodshot, which I really enjoyed. I liked the chemistry there. It brought a little bit of humor into the film. Uh, the action scenes were uh, slightly generic, uh, but I do get a kick. Uh, literally and figuratively around seeing people kind of flown across the screen. It felt uh, kind of vaguely Captain America-esque when he's in a battle and he just kicks people and they fly into a car and it like literally dents and folds in half. So those impacts are at least satisfying Uh for me to watch on screen. Um, It was kind of uh, predictable uh, throughout the whole film, especially uh, knowing that twist. Uh, Luckily, Vin Diesel... (laughs) didn't weigh the movie down as much as I thought it would. Uh, luckily, there's a cast of kind of characters around them to kind of at least make some of the um, kind of some of the bio-enhanced 
action scenes uh, a little bit more exciting. Uh, you kind of mentioned maybe a little bit of the camera work and some of the special effects get a little a video game esque yeah. towards the end. Uh, but you know, like I said, I went in with extremely low expectations, which kind of paid off for me. So. I would say I was whelmed. It was above average. Um, I I don't think I thought it would be really fun to kind of go into a review and just kind of just dunk on this movie for a while. But you know, I I had a decently good time, and I was somewhat surprised when I went to seek out the Rotten Tomato reviews that they were that low. So I don't know if that's just a sample size of not a lot of critics got a chance to see it, but I would I, I would say this kind of des- deserves at least like a 55-60% Rotten Tomato, and I think it's maybe sitting around like 20. So honestly, I'm I'm shocked to say it as much as much as it was, <laughs> but I, it's, I don't think it's going to get a sequel based on its box office performance. I can't imagine the video on-demand revenue coming through to lend a sequel to it like any superhero movie out there it kind of sets itself up for one but i think if there was a sequel or if maybe somehow they pitched the story to a streaming service and maybe vin diesel kind of well, lands on netflix in a streaming capacity i kind of i might check it out well, so there is called the valiant universe they have their own superheroes there is mm-hmm. a youtube series called ninjack versus the valiant universe in which Bloodshot was played by Jason David Frank, the notable green and white Power Rangers from Days of Old. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they wanted to do a sequel that spun off into another superhero story, like Ninjak or Exo Manowar, they could do so very easily and not make it like a, a Bloodshot sequel. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they could be like, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. The next Valiant thing. So they could definitely do that. But um, uh, but Chris, yeah. uh, uh, we haven't chatted about this movie. Uh, you watched it on Friday. Uh, you kind of uh, you kind of requested like, hey, I'm going to watch this. You should watch it too, and then we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. So, uh, what, what did you think about it, Chris? I I agree with you. Uh, oh, hey, look at this but, on the same page. But I will tell you, this gave me a thought here that so this is made by Sony Pictures, right, Columbia. That mm-hmm. this is essentially to me on par with Venom. Um, feels very Venomy. Um, the whole story, the, the kind of the production, and is Sony going for those B movie cliche superheroes? Is that their target audience? Um, because they can't compete with the A level heroes. Because this feels like a a really good B level superhero movie. And I will tell you, this combines three things to me, Mike. Okay, you tell me if you feel the same. Okay. What if Dom Toretto from the Fast and Furious franchise ended up getting the Extremis virus? From Guy Pierce, who also played Aldrich Killian in Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. with a hint of Alita Battle Angel body augmentations. Yeah, yeah, I can see that a little bit. I, I, you know what? You, I can see you were a fly in the room in the pitch meeting, and this is probably <laughs> how they pitched it to it to executives out there. But yeah, I, I can kind of, I, I feel those little bits in there. So now. It's it's not that it's not an original movie by any means. I mean, it, it feels like it. I mean, it uses some tropes and stuff like that. But I think you know, if you accept those pieces that Guy Pierce is playing the same character he played in Iron Man three, doing the same exact things, uh, it's pretty good. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. The, the the interest I thought, you know, again without spoilers, they would um, overuse the um, the twist we saw in the trailers, um, uh-huh. and they didn't overuse it. Thankfully. 
Um, yeah. Luckily, this movie, I, I I don't know if the credits technically count in the runtime or not, but uh, I, my, uh, my uh, video player, when I pulled it up, clocked it at an hour 45. I could see maybe a director... Um, who uh, is not as reined in could probably could have bloated this movie with another 30 minutes by throwing in a little bit more elaboration on that twist, which I don't think it would have uh, paid off very well. No. So I'm glad to say that the runtime is relatively short for like one of these kind of big blockbuster superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of this movie is, uh, I guess, telegraphed by the characters, by the the story. But I mean, overall, I mean, like, yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too upset with Bloodshot, to be to be yeah. completely honest. So I I went and looked up the director, uh, uh, David Wilson, uh, for Bloodshot because I was like, you know what, he did a he did a relatively effective job here. I yeah, uh, I don't think he's gonna have a a future probably in the Valiant universe because it seems like there might not be a future to the Valiant universe, at least uh, not right now. But when I looked up his uh, his uh, history, this was kind of his first big directorial debut. He did the he did one of the I think the first short in the Love, uh, Death, and Robots thing on Netflix. So it seems like he's a, he's, a, um, he's a knowledgeable enough director with these types of themes that maybe with a, at a different studio with maybe a little bit more of a refined script he was uh, he worked on special effects for the uh, original Avengers as well. So after I watched this movie, I was just like, you know what? This this director, I could see him going somewhere. Maybe he would be tapped for a future DC movie or a Marvel movie or something well, like that. And I think I would be okay with that. And I just wanted to put that out there because I imagine if that does happen, all the headlines are going to be like, oh my god, the director of failed movie Bloodshot is going to be doing Doctor Strange three. Like that's oh. awful. And I'll just be here to say. I'm on board with it. I think well, he did a decent job. Well, I think the critic review of this is simply because if you look at it as a regular movie, it's nothing, right? As a superhero movie, it's pretty good. Comic or not, super, comic book movie, right? Like mm-hmm. this is very comic booky through and through. It is unabashedly comic book, uh, even with the comic relief who, who shows up later. Um, and I think you know he, he's very. This guy's very reminiscent of Tim Miller, who did Deadpool one, right? Tim yeah. Miller did video effects and graphics and. Uh, that's how he got his start and then did Deadpool and now he was able to go in and do more stuff. So I think, you know, this guy could essentially be like a uh, a, a second tier Tim Miller, I guess. I mean, Bloodshot doesn't have the, the weight that Deadpool does, but also, you know, this movie, who knows what it could have been yeah. at that time. So- so quite possibly, you heard it here her first on Superhero Slate. Keep an eye out on this uh, David uh, yeah. Wilson fellow. Uh, we might be seeing him a little bit more in the future. Yeah, and if you get a chance, uh, you know, right now Bloodshot is for... Uh, purchasing and renting only i believe if you get a chance to stream it later you know feel free to check it out yeah also, pleasant pleasantly surprised <laughs> and if you're looking for the cheap version of bloodshot the uh, ninjack versus the valiant universe is now completely free on youtube as of this week as well <laughs> oh so, i thought you were gonna say go to one of those like uh shady streaming sites stream bloodshot 2020 free can't. and you just like scroll down a couple because you know the first links always go to some sort of paid service yeah. so you got to click on like the third or fourth one and then you got to click a link that takes you to a different website and then you gotta and wait they, 10 seconds for the next yeah link and, here. and then they give you like five different server hosted links you're just like okay which one of these like maybe click the third one and then it finally loads and you're just like okay i think this will work let's just enlarge it and hopefully it doesn't cut out 45 minutes mm-hmm. in and ask me for like my credit card information yeah well i mean you, you can be thankful you have your buddy chris mike to hook you up <laughs> with those things that's right so bloodshot there you go 
If you're still watching The Flash uh, on the CW shows, uh, much like It, I think it's the biggest one right now, most of the other CW show finales are being postponed due to the coronavirus. I think they were still filming a lot of the last episodes when they were closed down. Uh, I know we don't talk too much about uh, Riverdale on this show, if at all, but Riverdale is also a Berlanti production, and Berlanti does all of these uh, superhero shows on the CW, but uh, a lot of them, Flash, uh, Supergirl, uh, Arrow, if if or when it was still on the air, all of those were filmed up in Vancouver. Uh, along with Riverdale, and I believe somebody on the set of Riverdale contracted the coronavirus, so they had to shut all of production down. Uh, I think that was like maybe two weeks ago. So I think all of these other shows are, I don't know if they're closing down just uh, out of out of safety or if they think they can't quite possibly pull it off with a lot of people coming together in one location. So right around this time of the year is when they're starting to film on any show, whatever superhero show, whatever drama show that you're talking about, they're kind of getting into the last five episodes right about now. So, you know, you have a lot of these arcs that aren't quite possibly wrapped up along all these shows. There's going to be a big cliffhanger for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you might not get these last five episodes, which are usually like, this is kind of like the May, uh, May sweeps kind of, pack of all these shows are going to end up getting pushed to possibly the end of summer whenever they can get back into production. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife works in the television television industry. She's working on a 30-minute comedy right now for TBS. Uh, but luckily uh, for the for the show, they're in the last like couple episodes of this show, and they're trying to figure out everything's been filmed already. So in the, the post production department is just trying to figure out how to actually get the show together because even though a post production department can be relatively small, it could be like a group of maybe eight people in a in, a, in an office. They you know you can't be sharing that office together, and editors use really expensive equipment, as I'm sure you know, Chris. Uh, and uh, they don't necessarily always have that equipment at home. So there's been, I've been hearing my wife on a lot of phone calls between a lot of communication of just like, oh, well, who do we know that owns this software? Then we can send this to this person. You know, let's coordinate with the studio, have have these people sign off on these waivers so they can even look at the footage, edit this. So uh, yeah, it's very hectic right now um, uh, for anybody in the in the live action space because working from home is really difficult in Hollywood when people got to be behind a camera and, and in front of a camera. Yeah, and even post production, you know, a lot of people would think, oh, we'll just go edit on your computer at home. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, most home computers can do basic video editing, but they're not doing yeah. TV show video editing. Yeah, and also, even if you have the gear in your computer, because there's probably somebody right now that's like, oh, yeah, just come look at my rig, man. I got all these graphics cards in here. Like, I got terabytes and terabytes. I got so much RAM, but it's just like, well, yeah, but you also went to Best Buy, and, and even though you think you bought a nice $300 monitor, the, these people are mastering and color grading on, like, studio-grade, like, $20,000 mm-hmm. monitors, too. Yeah. So it's like, you got to think about that, too. That's also the same person who's saying that Mike is complained about Apple's high-end monitor that came out and they're like that is exactly what these people need for like this is the monitor made for video editing and color grading and all this other mm-hmm. stuff for podcasting, Mike, we need great monitors to read these notes on Google Drive yeah. that we have right This is here. a great – but this is a great time, though. If you're one of those crazy high-end nerds that have all of this stuff at home, man, people are probably going to be ringing you, calling you on the phone, uh, wanting your services. Get yourself so. on Fiverr. You know, yeah. make, make that cash. <laughs> Fiverr, I'll, I'll, I'll edit your, uh, your show so you can make your deadline on there. Yeah. Um, Five dollars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the other show that I think is, is interesting being uh, delayed on the CW is Stargirl. Um, mm-hmm. This was just coming to DC Universe, and I, I had not heard that that has been delayed, just that it's delayed on CW. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're using if they're piggybacking the finale viewership onto Stargirl or vice yeah. versa. I've been kind of curious just kind of promotional wise, like what some departments that do marketing have thought about putting stuff out during the coronavirus. Obviously, we just talked about Tiger King at the top of the show. It's number one on Netflix. Everybody's talking about it. But when you're releasing something that maybe doesn't quite have that uh, that unique edge to it, you know, Stargirl, you know, I would say is not necessarily unique. It's a pro- it's just another superhero show in the bucket uh, right now. So do they do you think they're worried about contending with coronavirus news? I feel like a lot of people are glued to like their uh, 24-hour um, uh, news channels or at least scrolling through uh, news websites, and that's kind of occupying a lot of their time. I feel like if you have something really good, really awesome bit of content, maybe you don't necessarily want to put it out during the pandemic just because, yes, the eyeballs are there, but like, I don't think you're necessarily going to get the hype off of it that you're looking for. You know, is somebody going to retweet the premiere of your new show or are they more than likely going to retweet this infographic about washing your hands because they're worried? So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some streaming stuff is being held back just because they're kind of waiting for an environment where it can kind of thrive a little bit more. I don't know. Tiger King's thriving. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's uh, I I mean, Netflix has got to got to put stuff out. So maybe they're just a little bit more. uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I wish I wish we could pick pinpoint the zeitgeist at the moment because you never know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. You know, very true. Based on that. I just think that this show is was going to ride off of if everyone's watching the season finale of The Flash or the season finale of Supergirl, then they're going to turn into Stargirl as well. Right. This is going to roll into it and they were going to count that as viewers or the hype for star girl was going to be so high that they were going to catch it and then go into the finales to boost those. I mean that that's honestly probably it. I mean, this is a, this is a strategy that uh, networks have been doing since I feel like the dawn of time. Like you put your new show right after your most popular show and you just, you just cross your fingers that people don't reach for the remote. Right. Exactly. And, and a lot of people, you know, um, with a second day or you know was it uh, it's not second day it's on demand the, the the next day whatever it is streaming um mm-hmm. you know they're counting those more and more as value because you know sometimes i don't get to catch things live you, I'm, you don't have live tv do you nope yeah me neither so uh those, those on demand numbers are, are huge um for for them but um yeah so it was delayed as well however in case you missed it mike in case you didn't get to watch it i know you did um yep. <laughs> the crisis on infinite earth is being re-aired in place of these delayed shows so we talked about that pretty in depth when it <laughs> yeah i mean i i i wasn't a fan of the crossover what? uh if anybody wanted to watch it before this was going to be re-aired you just you easily could have gone to the cw website for free without like a cable log in and you could have you know watched it with probably less commercials than what you they get when they air on tv so you know this is probably for a different type of audience maybe trying to catch people who aren't really uh, watching stuff online as much but i mean you got to put something there right i mean if you're the cw you've pretty much reinvented yourself entirely around these types of shows so you can't necessarily pivot to reruns of you know seinfeld at eight or nine o'clock so you got to go with what you got and i guess it's uh it would be kind of cool they should just air all of the crossovers back to back start with the very first crossover and then just kind of go from there that might be kind of fun i say dip into your old old episode or, or like get the streaming rights for some of these shows that were like 
I guess, um, crossovers during the universe like this. Like, go get the old, like, play the old Birds of Prey TV show that no one can find anywhere. Like, <laughs> or the old, what, 90s Flash that they have, you know, who plays, you know, the guy now plays his dad. Like, Lo- uh, was it the Adventures of Lois and Clark? Uh, yeah, cut. just cut some promos and say, like, uh, Monday through Fridays, our, our 10 to 11 uh, p.m. time slots are all for retro shows, and uh, that, that might be kind Remember of the good old days when the g- <laughs> when all you had to worry about was, you know, can you get home to catch TGIF on uh, yeah. uh, time? You, you, could, you could touch all the doorknobs you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. I was licking doorknobs wasn't a concern for me back then, <laughs> and now, now it is, so... Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. If you want to catch that, turn on to the your local CW. It's over the air. It's very easy. I was on my local CW talking about these shows very recently, so worked out for me. Um, fun fact uh, the, of the DC Universe shows: Titans is getting to season three, right? I think it's the only one moving to season three currently. Um, but all these shows, the Titans, I believe, what's the other one? Doom Patrol were, mm-hmm. were all made with the proviso that they would not have to cross over with the Airverse. Now. Some of them did cross over, I'm pretty sure, during the Arrowver Crisis on Infinite Earths. But, yeah, they they kind of had like little itty bitty cameos, but they didn't have to if they didn't want to. Which yeah, is, I which mean, is cool. yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense. Uh, in, the, in the early days of the DC Universe streaming app, which was like two years ago now, right? We're coming up on I think two years of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, you know, you're launching something brand new and unique. It's best not to tie yourself down if you don't have to, but they had the window opening. We, we always know that there's some sort of, there's always some sort of moving, um, kind of, um, pivot line, uh, for all of these shows. Like, oh, you can't use this character, but now you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one's going to see the movies. Oh no, Justice League just bombed. Okay, go ahead. We can start developing and talking about a, a show for the Green Lantern. That's okay. Uh, yeah, that, the, um... Yeah, the uh, the post, the goalpost is always moving. <laughs> exactly, and, and you never know what you're gonna get. And you know, I, you know, first, you know, ep- episode of Titans was pretty good quality. I would not put it on, you know, the CW at all, or, or put any of those people in there because you know, Arrow doesn't mm-hmm. kill, and I'm pretty sure Dick Grayson killed a lot of people. So um, that worked out for him. But also, I will tell you, I've been watching Harley Quinn on the DC Universe animated one. Mm-hmm. That is a raunchy. Show Mike, I will. I'm yeah. having a good time watching it. Actually. I uh, I checked out the first episode, uh, and I have to say there are some things there that I think I could possibly get into. Uh, I think unfortunately the uh, the humor in the in the trailers that that uh, that promoted the first season of the show were kind of uh, out of context. But yeah, it's I think it's slightly a little too graphic for me, which I'm not a Puritan or by any means, but I feel like it kind of distracts from, I think, the relatively effective humor. So I don't know if uh, this is a show that possibly evolves over time. Maybe in season two, they get a little bit more sophisticated with it. But it's sometimes I feel like, okay, maybe you could try to, try to go a little bit more after this joke. And I think uh, it would be really, really good. Good. You don't necessarily have to crush this person's head with a hammer, uh, well, but yeah, there's a, there's a balance there for sure that I think they'll find over time. But yeah, I enjoyed the first episode. Well, I would say the first episode is probably the most gruesome. Um, oh, okay. But I think the, again, the whole show is you know Harley's with the Joker and she's trying to get her independence, and then she gets it, and then the rest is her and Poison Ivy and those adventures with her her new friends. Um, but you know the the voice acting is great uh, in this. Wayne Knight pl- uh, voices the Penguin uh, later on. Um, uh, what what is his name? JB Smoove is the voice of Ivy's houseplant. 
Oh uh, yeah, he does pop up in the first episode. Yeah, he, he? he's he's in a lot later. I'm having a good time with some of these characters, Mike. I'm, I'm having a good time. So I, I I'd recommend if you know, people were recommending to me, and I was like, eh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? I watch it. I had a good time. So thank you for badgering me, people, about watching Harley Quinn because <laughs> uh, it is is good. No, I will tell you this: it does give me really, really, really huge vibes of a Deadpool animated show that probably what was his name? Um. Don Glover uh, was making. Yeah. Like, this feels like that's what that would be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she does reference... She refer- I'm pretty sure she does fourth wall breaking. Um, you know, she just doesn't have any superpowers, and that kind of limits her in what she is doing. Deadpool superpowers and his fourth wall breaking, what I think would be just the, the cherry on top of this kind of show. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll give him a chance now that Marvel's back. I don't know. Um, that Disney, uh, Marvel's TV is now under the old Feigster... And um, <laughs> the Feigster. Hopefully, Don- he's a he's a he's washing his hands and staying away from people. Mm-hmm. And Donald Glover uh, was in uh, Spider Man uh, Homecoming. So yeah. he and his uh, alter ego, Childish Cambino, just had a new uh, album drop uh, the uh, the other week, and it's uh, really good. So if you need some nice chill uh, uh, music, go listen mm-hmm. to. I think it's, it's like a number. I, I think it's called like uh, three fifteen or th- uh, three point one five. Was it the day know. it dropped? Yeah, well, no, it didn't, because that was really confused me, because I was like, well, the 15th was last week. Why is everyone talking about this album dropping now? So I don't know exactly what happened there, but yeah, just do what everybody else does. Go to Spotify and just organize by newest, and mm-hmm. you'll be fine. You know what you <laughs> might find in there, Mike? Uh, Nine What's Inch that? Nails dropped two new albums this week. Um, oh, hey Ghost 5 and 6. Ghost 1 through 4 were released back in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, and I used some of those in my Century movie, actually, because he gave uh, completely rights-free to use these for anything. Oh, cool. Uh, and then one of the songs I use in the century for his girlfriend, Lindy, is actually the song that Old Town Road is based on. So uh, I was ahead of the curve by like eight years uh, on that one. <laughs> Look at you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, but goes f- uh, five and six. One's called Together and one's called like um, Apart or something like that, which was very time friendly based on the Chris, situations. how many people do we need who listen to this show to reach out to you to put that thing online? Uh, the century? I, I don't know. I don't know if it is already. Oh, it is. It's on. It's on my YouTube channel. It is live. Oh, it is publicly go, facing. I, I think I need to go. Uh, I think I need to go dig it up and uh, possibly share. I remember watching it. It was cool. Yeah, well, I liked it. I will tell you this. I did all of the graphics on the school lab computers on their After Effects, right, Mike? And you remember our school lab computers were sucky. I do. They're, I remember. They were awful. And it's, and you're also not in a good environment too. You're just not like got these really long desks with these like Dell monitors, and you're just like, oh, I got no room for the mouse here. I can't, yeah. do- and I'm gonna be here for eight hours today. Like, how is this gonna work? So I'm very upset with how the effects turned out. Um, and then also my team for this movie, the class, they shot it in the wrong frame rate, uh, which was really really upsetting. But it, it's it's fine. It, it's out there. Uh, if you're also looking for another movie I worked on, uh, I was actually the cinematographer for a movie called Kill Day. Uh, which was essentially the purge well before the purge ever came out. Um, and um, I was very, really, really proud of that movie. So if you want to check that out as well, I'm, they're on my YouTube somewhere. You can find them. Anyway, Wonder Woman 84, Mike, we were talking about this uh, the other day. Will it or won't it come out on uh, digital? I believe, I don't know if we talked about the release date for this movie has been moved to August 14th. You know what that means? No digital straight, <laughs> straight to theater. Yeah. And uh, August 
the end of summer seems to be the uh, seems to be the marker that everyone's trying to make it to. Uh, there's been kind of some rumors out there. There's been some memos that have been sent out talking um, talking around Disneyland and ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Like I guess tickets had been off the market. You had you haven't been able to buy them for April and uh, uh, maybe some other of the summer months. I don't remember exactly what the date range was, but basically it seems like they're insinuating that possibly towards the end of the summer you'll be able to start buying Disneyland tickets again, which is kind of hinting at maybe where the, the, the global economy is starting to think maybe things will start to kick back up. Um, so Avengers Campus ho- is opening. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah exactly. So hopefully by the hopefully at the, af- at the other end of summer we'll be able to kind of get back to normal with, uh, with the stuff that we love to talk about on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I want to go back to the movie theaters. There have been rumors. So China briefly opened up their movie theaters for like a couple days this week, I believe. A lot of them opened up for free, showing uh, movies. Uh, you know, some of the newer ones, a lot of the older ones, to get people back yeah. into the environment. And, uh, then they closed them all again, and then they closed them again because it yeah. was a bad idea. It was a very bad <laughs> idea. They showed the, the Harry Potter movies, I believe. Yeah, um, come watch this uh, this uh, magic and then get reinfected and then spread it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that just goes to pr- the prove you, you got to hanker down and we gotta we gotta hold this down if we want our movie theaters to open back up uh, uh, permanently anytime soon. Exactly, we can do it. We I believe in everybody. Yeah. You can do. I also. Also, uh, since some people were kind of uh, doing some um, Monday morning quarterbacking with what they think should happen to Wonder Woman 84, I did some like really simple just kind of napkin math when it came to when it came to the last Wonder Woman movie. Like, okay, well, if the last Wonder Woman movie came out video on demand and let's say they charged like the 20 bucks, like how many would they have to sell? And it's just like in order to get this like kind of the same box office return when it came to the first Wonder Woman, like they would need to sell almost exactly i mean if you think about it 20 bucks you know per household per ticket like you got to sell almost just as many video on demand downloads and that's just not going to happen because when people go to the theater uh they're going for the experience and they're also going for the unique thing that they can't get at home you're just not going to get the same amount of people uh open up their wallet for something digitally at home especially when they thinking in the back of their head oh if i wait long enough it'll just be free on hbo max or Mm. whatever so yeah it it just financially was never going to work well i'll just set up an ipad with zoom and let you watch it pointed at the screen yeah there you go (laughs) we can make this work zoom baby deadpool 3 is in the works somewhere who knows how when that's going to be now i don't know what's going to what's going to go on uh but uh josh brolin uh for some reason i I, someone i guess asked him if he would return his cable in the mcu and he said yes which makes sense um a lot of people forget that he did voice and play thanos but he did not play himself so this is very open for him to return to the MCU as Cable. Hopefully they actually use him better this time than Deadpool 2 because they did not use him very well. Yeah, he was very growly, which I liked, uh, but we didn't we didn't really get enough of him, did we? No, he just kind of showed He used his time travel what thing once to like, go undo something real fast, and that was about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, give me some more Cable. I want some more fun Cable stuff. See the big guns. Let's see more big guns. Oh, yeah. Give us those big 90s comic books, ridiculous guns. And also, go in digitally and decrease the size of his ankles because that's also very 90s. He needs tiny little bird angles. Yes. More more pecs and less ankles. <laughs> swap, them and swap them in place. Um, but speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he's making some rounds this week talking about mm-hmm. uh, doing the live-action adaptation 
of Dragon Slayer, the video game from, I think, the 80s? Is arcade game from the 80s? Yeah, I think it was early 80s, uh, engineered from the ground up to suck quarters. Um, it was basically, like, kind of, it's not a choose-your-own-adventure necessarily, uh, but it was just like, uh, go to the next room, and you got a prompt. Pick A or B. A or B, what are you going to do? Uh, well, I'll pick A. No, no, A is going to lead you to death, so you put another quarter in, and the next time you get to that screen, you go to the B path, and you kind of slowly work your way uh, through there. Uh, I, I, it'd probably be hard to find this game in an arcade uh, uh, anywhere right now. You'd probably have to go search, like, a vintage one, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of Let's Plays out there on YouTube if you want to see well, the the breadth of it, they've released this all the way up. To, I think modern Xbox, the more and Playstations, and, and even mm-hmm. like the the Nintendo DS had a version of it mm-hmm. as well. Um, so they they've had it. I mean, it's it's got a, a very classic. If you see the character, he look he's, he's drawn like a Disney animator. I don't know if you know the guy who did this was Don Bluth, mm-hmm. um, who is known for working on The Secret of Nim, Fievel, um the Fievel movie, Fievel Goes West, and whatever the other original one was. Yeah, he um, used to he used to work at uh, Disney, working yeah. on a lot of their classic films until he uh, kind of turned and gave the middle finger and walked out the door and kind of made some of his own yeah. uh, classic stuff. But yeah, it, it looks Disney. That's probably <laughs> yeah, that's probably why it feels very unique and polished. Uh, yeah, and it's it's really good. Uh, it's it's really good animation. They're not really using uh, they're not really using computer video game graphics. They're just basically using the old video game engine yeah. to kind of play and pause and start um uh kind of uh animated video files if you will yeah but uh but if we're talking if we're talking ryan reynolds here uh i have i have two theories about this game and i'll i'll drop the the last one when we talk about the bullet point here that you have on the news but the first one is uh the the second or possibly the most popular character in the uh, in the Dragon's Lair game is not the knight that's storming the castle. It is the princess that he's trying to save, mm. uh, which is very scantily clad. Princess uh, Daphne. Very, a, a very 80s kind of um, damsel in distress, if you will. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, nerds back in the 80s that fell heads over heels for her. And all you have to do is Google Ryan Reynolds next to his wife, Blake Lively, and it almost looks like you got the casting right there. I don't know if they have any relationship rules that state uh, they'll never do a movie together because they don't want to mix work and home or somebody's got to be there. Are they swap who's doing movies when and where so somebody can stay home and uh, and watch the two kids that they have? But I mean, it almost seems like if they ever wanted to do a movie together or, uh, you know, possibly if this was like a streaming thing or a movie or uh, who knows what it's going to be. But it seems like you just cast husband and wife right there and there you go. Well, I, I I definitely agree. I think you can do it, make it easily, or you know, I mean, um, here's here's the thing. This is being talked about for Netflix, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. And what is one of Netflix's biggest thing in 2018? Oh, I, you're 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 just dovetailing right into yeah. it. It's uh, it's the uh, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch, which is a choose your own adventure, right? So, what if mm-hmm. they filmed the Dragon's Lair series that use that same technology where you get a pick? Up, down, left, right, or attack. The five main controls of this game. And they just recreate the whole thing with Ryan Reynolds uh, and some other stuff. That would be so cool. And pour a bunch of money into it. Have his charisma involved with it. Because Bandersnatch was really cool, but it was relatively low budget. It was more psychological mm-hmm. and dramatic. And just, uh, there were some effects maybe with some of like the stunts and some of the video game overlays but yeah it's very very low bar there when it came to at yep. least uh, really cranking it to 11 you know exactly and you have this game that has these this very easy controls right they've mm-hmm. already had the technology to do this why 
why redo the same thing over? They don't need to make Bandersnatch 2. Take the game, put it into live action. Now, here's the, the fun part. The original game, I, I, I was reading earlier this week, a perfect game is at, with no deaths is less than 12 minutes to mm-hmm. beat the game. So if you take that game stuff, the very quick action stuff, you can make it last an hour total, right? Or, yeah. or half hour total, and then have another half hour of, of B footage where he doesn't make yeah. it through this. So I mean, one, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of do this. Choose your own adventure uh, on Netflix, and we've seen one way in which they've did it on Bandersnatch, and I think they did something with like Bear Grylls too, but I don't think anybody watched it. Whatever it was, uh, I know that there's some um, there's some people within the Netflix animation that are kind of uh, trying to adapt some of that technology, but none of that stuff will probably be coming out for a couple of years, so we won't be seeing that anytime soon. But I I would like to see maybe different levels of choose your own adventureness. Like, you know, I love Ryan Reynolds. We like watching him in movies. We, you know, sometimes you just want to sit back and be entertained with the quality of the the direction and the writing. So I would like to maybe see a possibility where give me like a really just good, like two hour movie that I can just sit down and watch and have a good time. And then if I want to rewatch it, you know, every once in a while, maybe I pick a different option and maybe we still end up at the same point, but it's almost just kind of like, not necessarily bonus features or cut scenes, but it's just kind of like, okay, well, here's a different second act that kind of just gets you to the same direction. Something like that could be kind of fun because like you just mentioned, a perfect playthrough gets you to the end of the game in 12 minutes. Like, I don't want to sit down and watch like uh, a 25 minute Ryan Reynolds movie, you know? So there's, there's still lots of cool things that you could do it, could do in there. The only reason I would think this is not going to be like this at all is simply because Ryan Reynolds is doing the game, the movie that's supposed to come out later this summer called free guy Mm -hmm. where he plays like the GTA NPC who gets sentience and kind of wants to break out of the coding. So I don't think he'd do that twice. I, I don't think he would do, the same kind of thing twice so yeah i don't know what what would happen here but i mean i I think he'd be a great cast for this and then you know with the the history and the popularity of this you can actually buy it on nintendo switch um Mm -hmm. uh i just i just looked it up because i was like can i get this on the newer consoles you can get dragon's layer dragon's layer 2 time warp and then a upgrade which was a space version called space ace uh, for 20 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Reynolds is a really funny guy. I'm sure he'll have some sort of producer credit attached to it and have some of his own, um, uh, musings put in there. It's been a while since I've seen a playthrough of Dragon's Lair, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of fourth wall breaking, uh, uh, activities with the knight. Like I'm sure at some point he kind of looks at the camera, maybe just before he falls into a pit of fire. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, Ryan Reynolds always works well with breaking the fourth wall. So uh, this is definitely very interesting. Yeah, I mean, sign me up. This is news that you didn't think you'd have. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of Netflix, the Umbrella Academy is uh, season two is not going to be affected by the coronavirus. Uh, it's been done filming. They've been post production for a while. I know Netflix does a lot of remote post-production i have a friend Mm -hmm. who lives in la um who who does work uh editing for them and i don't think they're in the office very often i think they remote into their their servers and uh, their uh hardware software Mm -hmm. in the office so uh, that's good i want a release date for this man please drop it soon that'd be great (laughs) yeah it seems it seems like a lock and key kind of took their release uh weekend on the um on the um, valentine's day weekend so i think we had really strong rumors uh a few months back that umbrella academy was coming out summer 
which you know might make might make sense. It was a really big show for them, and if they feel like shows perform the best in the summer, a la Stranger Things uh, last year, so maybe they'll be going off and on with Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy for the next couple of years. But if their TV show schedule releases, all Arrowverse shows go to Netflix the day the week they're done, right? And if they can't make it there on time, they may move up some other releases to fill that void. Yeah, really uh, but but also um, I I think we'll be talking about HBO Max here in a, in a few minutes. You know, if those Netflix contracts have started to expire, you know, those CW shows will probably end up going to a different streaming service this summer. Yeah, um, or eh, maybe they can go either way at this point. Uh, but anyway, that's that's cool. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Right now, I want to talk about another video game. We just got video games. Uh, Star Wars Episode One. Racer. Did you ever get to play this game growing up, Mike? Well, this was the pod racer game, correct? Well, there, there are two. Uh, yeah, there's Racer, which had pod racing. I think it had a couple other pod racer stuff. But mm-hmm. yes, mostly the pod racing game. They had an arcade version and an at-home 64 PlayStation yeah. version. I, I think when uh, uh, back in the day when we were younger and not totally sure what our opinions were on Star Wars Episode One when our parents took us to see our It was first great. It was new Star, new Star Wars. Movies. Yeah, it was new Star Wars. That's all we cared about. But I do remember the video. The video game was fun, and it was a little difficult, too, because the, the pods, they're very loosey-goosey. They're, you're not getting a lot of tight uh, friction with, like, tires on a road. These things would kind of go all over the place. But I remember it was very kinetic. It was very action-packed, and I was just like, well, if the adults out there do not like Episode One right now, I think we're all having a really good time with this pod racing game. Exactly. So this pod racing game that was released on Nintendo uh, 64 and, and Windows and had an arcade version. I remember playing the arcade version. Um, is coming to uh, PlayStation 4 and Switch later this year, very soon, uh, which is awesome um, because you know a lot of these old Star Wars. Not making a lot of new Star Wars games frequently, but the ones they are making are pretty good. You've been playing Fallen Order, right? Um, pretty good time, isn't it? Uh, you know what? I, I haven't fully formed my opinion on it uh, no. quite yet. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, that's fine. I had a great time with it. I loved it. Uh, but these older games are coming back, and, and this is coming up lately. Uh, so it's got 25 playable racers. Um, you know, I definitely think that you're going to be Sebulba, Mike. You look like a Sebulba guy. <laughs> uh, you, he had he had a cool he had like a cool little cockpit because he was a he was a weird shaped being, so he didn't really need all the same stuff that a human being did. So I always remember like he had those really kind of weird like thinned out engines, and I was like, man, he's really taken up a lot of real estate out there on the track. Mm-hmm. You can even be little little Annie Skywalker, you know, little Annie he'll, Darth Vader. He'll never become Darth Vader with that. Um, you, it's got eight worlds. Uh, you can upgrade your pod racer with the the pit droids. Uh, there's shortcuts, all sorts of fun stuff on this stuff. See, this just goes to show you. I mean, this is gonna this is a really left turn from the topic, but everybody has the same joke that like, what if somebody just bought Hitler's paintings? If he just would have been a professional painter, we could have we could have avoided World War II. <laughs> but at the same time, you look, Anakin Skywalker won that pod race, and he still turned to the dark side and became Darth Vader. So I don't. I don't think those paintings would have saved us uh, from Hitler. So there you go, well, Mike saying it first here on the Super out of, out of the blue. Mike's Mike's on the soapbox about Hitler's paintings. Um, there you go, paintings, pot racing. It starts with a P. It just makes well, sense. Well, if you're stuck at home with someone, perhaps a relative or significant other, this will have split screen multiplayer, so you can all be mad at each other while <laughs> playing this. Um, but also on the same day this week uh, during the Nintendo Direct, they actually released the old video game Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Uh, which also features online multiplayer as well, if you like playing those games. So um, a lot of old Star Wars games coming out to modern consoles, Mike. Let's uh, let's keep doing it. 
Give us those uh, old old feels, <laughs> every, those member berries. Every every entertainment adjacent studio out there right now is dusting off the old stuff. We gotta sell something. Yeah. Uh, what 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 can we do really quickly without you know any work? Just make it work on a new Xbox. Yeah, Go make it work. So there's that. Uh, speaking of things that are working remotely, uh, Scanline VFX, one of the companies behind the Eternals editing, are still working on their film remotely uh, during the big studio shutdowns, Mike. Yeah, I mean, that good for them. I mean, The Eternals is a huge blockbuster film. Uh, if you've ever sat through the uh, a Marvel credits role, which you absolutely should because post-credit scenes, why the hell not? And also, you can just fathom the look at all of the VFX houses that work on any one single film you always think that like oh if i just go over to marvel studios you know down in georgia or maybe here in hollywood they'll just be like one room with like maybe 20 people doing the vfx like no 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 those 20 people are just doing hulk's eyebrows (laughs) there's like there's a thousand other studios doing all these different parts um since they since they did an oscar campaign for the visual effects for endgame there's a lot of really really cool um like interviews and stuff with like the vfx coordinators of different houses and i kind of always thought that vfx VFX houses kind of split up the work kind of based based on scenes and segments like okay one VFX house is going to take like this scene of the movie one will take this scene in the movie it's like they actually chop it up a whole lot more there was like two VFX houses that I believed worked on the final scene if not maybe more than that so it's just like that means like some people are delivering it up to this frame then a whole nother house is picking it up so they have to share files between what Thanos's face looks like and all of the color it's just the amount of coordination is insane so the fact that they're getting it done working remotely is extremely professive and impressive yeah and eternals is not going to be a movie that's light on the vfx uh, mm-hmm. they all have they all have powers they're celestials which look sick af they're going to be going through history so all this will be fake um I, that i'll tell you about this after the show mike but that re- reminds me of a, i had a thought during bloodshot I mean, i'll have to write this down for later um okay <laughs> but there's a big rumor for Eternals. i believe we talked about this probably a year ago or, or less but it may feature the fall of the city of Atlantis into the ocean mm-hmm. at some point and with a nod to Namor, the Submariner, uh, in this. <sighs> Na- Namor. Uh, Disney outright owns Namor now. They have the ability to bring him in. And I just want the, the character archetype in the universe. I just kind of want like an asshole king who mm-hmm. is kind of good, can kind of be bad. It doesn't really matter. He's just there to protect his kingdom, which I'm sure has been destroyed, rebuilt, destroyed. Who knows? He's got a history with his people and he's there to protect them. So it's kind of like, imagine like Black Panther, but Black Panther within the MCU has kind of turned around. He's trying to open up his borders and his technology. He's trying to play nice with the world. I like the idea of that same character, but somebody that's just like, no, like we we hate everybody we hate all of you i'm so, just kind of like a, a cocky dickhead i i kind of i like that archetype so, so i'm looking forward to seeing so that. aquaman's brother <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so okay so orm from from aquaman okay got it yeah there you go so yeah so we we're gonna see a lot of the marvel history come together and i'm pretty sure atlantis is gonna be one of those parts whether we like it or not so Oh, I think we're going to like it. And I'm pretty sure Namor was owned by Marvel already. It was Universal that has the distribution rights. They may have those back. So we'll we'll see. HBO Max uh, is still on track for a May launch. I don't know why it wouldn't, Mike. 
they just have to <laughs> upload everything to the servers, right? <laughs> like, yep, it's a it's a streaming service. The only thing, like I, I said earlier in the show, is like, do you want to contend with you know uh, news of how many people died that day uh, when you're launching your fancy new streaming service? Uh, you know, how do you adjust that message? Uh, I guess you One kind of got free to escape. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. I mean, the people that are are really hurting right now are NBC Peacock because I believe. Did they officially postpone the Olympics now to 2021? That is correct. Yeah, I think that's official now. And that was their whole launch strategy. It's like, if you want to stream the Olympics, get the Peacock app and you'll be able to stream it. You don't have to worry about logging in through a cable provider, checking out a line, setting your TiVo to, to record pole vaulting. We're going to have it all in the app. And then that all got postponed. So NBC's got a little bit more to worry about. But I want HBO Max to launch so bad they haven't officially announced when certain things will release on it but i gotta watch steven universe man uh steven universe uh i don't know i think they aired their very last episode uh so i think i believe the series is complete because their last season was called like steven universe future and i believe it just aired but i don't have a cable subscription and since uh all of that content is moving to over to hbo they stopped putting it on hulu so i'm really far behind so i haven't i haven't seen the second to last season i haven't seen the steven universe movie i haven't seen the very last season of steven universe i'm very far behind trying to avoid spoilers so yes i need this to launch in may because i need them them to add every this single bit of Steven Universe, and I want to watch it as yeah, soon as possible. Because Steven Universe had the series ended a while back, then there was a second series, Steven Universe Forever. Yeah, but so. I think it's, but I think it's still technically like yeah. part of the series. It's like right. you know, if there was a box set of Steven Universe that ever came out, I'm sure that would be included. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to all the content. Again, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is on there, and that's one of my favorite shows. So you know, having a place uh-huh. to watch all those easily is going to be great. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for HBO Max. And can we just say? I don't want to. I, I, it's something cringy about hearing pole vaulting on the, the Peacock app. It just doesn't <laughs> ring a bell. Like, change the name of your app. NBC, get something better. You know, home of the like the Office and more. Like, because people are just going to get it. To <laughs> hey, watch the office. hey, you want to you want to hear a, a a tidbit about a Peacock? Uh, there's a there's another there's another uh, new show on uh, Netflix called One Hundred Humans where they kind of just do uh, these little like social experiments with these 100 kind of, I don't know if they're volunteers, I'm sure they're probably getting paid a little bit, but like every episode they do like a, a different thing like they'll do weird stuff like, oh I'm curious if a sperm count equates to how well you are at da- how good you are at dancing so let's get a dance contest going and then also we'll get sperm samples for all of them and then we'll we'll compare their, their uh, sperm density results to how high they scored in this dance contest. So they do a bunch of weird stuff like that but every once in a while they cut to like a sociologist or a psychologist to kind of ask them about human behavior and one of them had a tidbit about a peacock and they said like a peacock has like really really big feathers uh, not necessarily to like woo and attract a female but to make itself really wide and apparent and very 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 visible to predators and it's basically saying to the female peacock hey guess what i'm such a badass bird i can put my big old feathers out there for every predator to see me and i don't even care because i'm so badass look at my feathers uh let's make peacock babies so i don't know maybe that's the energy that nbc is going for yeah hit it with that big peacock energy mike that's that's what what they're saying uh, but speaking, last thing, speaking of new shows coming out here, I don't think this has been delayed, but the upcoming Justin Roiland show, Solar Opposites, is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, still on track, it looks like, for, what, May? 
I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see this beginning episode at San Diego Comic Con. I did not. I was, yeah, I was roasting. It, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were roasting in line trying to get into the Marvel panel. Me and friend of the show uh, and friend of the the uh, the uh, Call of Duty yep. Discord, yep. Uh, Quentin, uh, were in the. Uh, were in the panel for this at Comic-Con, and I don't quite remember it being the very first episode, uh, but it was definitely extended clips or what they had. So what we saw was really, really funny, and if you uh, watch this trailer that we have in our show notes, it very, very much feels like Rick and Morty. I believe the the main alien in the show is also voice, voiced by Justin Rowland. So I think a couple of them are, because I hear Rick, and then I also hear Morty. So Yeah, so it, it, it looks a lot like it, it feels a lot like it, uh, I don't think there's been any sort of official statement, whether it's in the Rick and Morty universe. I got the the feeling when we went to the panel and the, the writers and the showrunner up there were talking about it. They're like, we're just kind of here to make some some funny shit. You know, we, we're not really too worried about continuity of universes or whatever. Yeah, I guess Rick could show up, but like, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it does. So may, don't get too deep into your like uh, your fan wiki for Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites because I don't think the people making the show are too concerned about it. But it seemed really, really funny. I think the only downside is, if I remember right, I think the first season that's coming out here is like only eight episodes. Yeah. So if these are if these are like 20, 30 minute episodes, you're going to be done with this in like less than a day. And then you'll probably forget about it until, you know, who knows how long it takes because I was under the impression that the second half of Rick and Morty was supposed to be out already. So uh, all you have to do is check Justin Roiland's tweet for this the release of this trailer. And everyone in the comments is just like, yeah, this looks cool, but where's the rest of Rick and Morty? So yeah. Um, who knows? It look it looks good. I'm, I'm on board. Well, yeah, people are like, th- this looks like the ideas that didn't fit into Rick and Morty. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we didn't put these in Rick and Morty, so we just turned everything into a TV a secondary TV show, <laughs> um, yeah. or like it is a show on the Rick and Morty episodes, interdimensional cable. Um, yeah, e- e- either way, either way you want to slice it. Uh, you you it, know it, you know what you're getting into if you've seen Rick and Morty. Yeah, it looks fun, and it's on Hulu, so you don't have to have a, a Adult Swim to watch this one live. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Check that out. Uh, Mike, that's our episode this week. We made it uh, yet again. Somehow, some way, <laughs> we have filled a little over an hour with um, you know, news and... Air, air, air fryer content, Chris. Oh, man. A sweet, sweet air fryer content. Maybe I'll start a live show, Mike, and do my live air frying. Let's put, the, there you go. put it in you front get of a couple- the air fryer and let you watch. <laughs> If you're gonna do, if you're gonna be doing a live show, you got to get a couple tigers for it to really spice oh, it up. Yeah, well, I can dress like the Tiger King in a heartbeat. Mike. I'll cut my <laughs> own lady, bangs. Don't you worry. The, <laughs> the ladies like the tigers. That's right. Rawr. Um, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? All you got to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com, and you can see my old uh, college uh, animation projects over on my Twitter account, too. So go check that out and cringe along with me. Uh, Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V A L D A N, and because Mike is so brave and bold and putting up his cringy work, I'll go put up my cringy work on Twitter. Yeah. Just for you to watch my superhero movie of the century. Uh, I've actually written a sequel to this already. Um, it's scripted out. I just never filmed it. Uh, oh, do it, man. Yeah, you can also have the Instagram, uh, com- uh, Valdan87. I'll be posting my new wall, my stuff. I'm moving around in my, my my house to make this big, open, retro video game area. Uh, you can also have the Comic UI, where I've been trying to write stuff every once in a while now. Uh, people know what you're up to, Mike. Or not what you're up to. Where they can listen to the upcoming Bloodshot review episode. Where can they do that at? 
Oh, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find the avenues we host a show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see all the things that we talked about in this episode, and if you want to get the link to that Solar Opposites trailer, we got that all in our show notes, really nice and organized. We also have an upcoming release calendar for all of these movies that have been delayed and pushed and moved around. So that's a very, very helpful tool right now. Go check that out on our website, and you can find us at Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow Follow us on Twitter and the gram and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, we want to know what you're doing during this pandemic, what smart things you're doing to pass the time. Uh, super fan of the show. Jim has been uh, tagging us in a lot of those like um, – uh, what do you call those? They're like kind of like top four, uh, top three. Yeah, yeah, they're like top things. Or and I've been seeing other people share them on like Instagram, where you like fill out this little chart with the last thing you ate, the last movie you watched. They're they're fun. They pass the time. They're innocent, and uh, you know it's it's always fun filling those. Uh, Somebody's out, bored so. is what I'm feeling. Yeah, so if you're if you're doing that stuff, uh, let us know uh, what you're enjoying the most. And if you want to be a super fan of the show uh, during this pandemic, all you got to do is uh, wash your hands, and we will uh, gladly invite you to uh, to be a super fan of this podcast. So uh, stay tuned and stay subscribed. Yep, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a safe and healthy week. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. If I wanted to go to 7-Eleven, I'd have to make uh, a day trip out of it.